Exactly one no. second. Go! No. You should be done now. It's been a second. I can tell. I've got a timeline right here in front of me. <laughs> Welcome to Geeks Without God with Nick Glover, Tim Wick, and Molly Glover. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. This week on Geeks Without God, we are discussing Marvel's Eternals. It is a spoiler-filled episode about a movie that we all are kind of... not. I mean, eh. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Hi, welcome to Geeks Without God. I'm your host, Nick Glover. I'm joined, as always, by my co-hosts, Molly Glover. It's just Ollie Over. Oh, and Tim Wick. <laughs> hi, hi. Are you Im Imic? Im Imic. Imic. I'm Imic. It's just like it's just cooler when you have just the end of the name. Sure. And our sure. our clever names are a reference to this week's topic. Uh, we're going to talk about the latest Marvel Cinematic Universe movie, The Eternals. Eternals. The Eternals. The right? Yeah, or actually Eternals. just Eternals. I think. It's just Eternals. Yeah. Eternals. yeah. So uh, we're going to spoiler this movie for you uh, if you keep listening, and that's your choice. But honestly, I don't feel like there's a lot to lose if you get this one spoiled for my you. My spoiler is my choice. <laughs> no, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's legit. I don't think there's a lot to spoil, to be honest, other than the most exciting things were the post-credit stingers, to be honest. Which is unfortunate. I, yeah, yeah I, I thought I was kind of underwhelmed, so maybe that is coloring my... Uh, uh, perception on that but if you're worried about the plot of the eternals and you know who lives who dies who tells your story probably uh, you want to wait all right yeah i mean yeah it, there, there are there are spoilers to be had i mean it has a plot yeah yeah so <laughs> yeah. If, if you don't know uh the eternals is a jack kirby creation uh that is when he it's it's new gods. If you read DC, it's new gods, mm-hmm. which he also created. And uh, when one company took took him on after quitting the other company, and he wanted to keep doing his project, he just made the other one. He and I got, can he got paid for the same idea twice. Yeah, and I, I can never remember which one came first because it doesn't matter. Um, so uh, the, the Eternals are this group of heroes that have always been here, and we just didn't know it. And they're. Human? No. No. They're aliens. They're Eternals. They're Eternals. They're Eternals. They're like they're like androids. Uh, in doing they're... some research for work, I did discover that according to the Marvel fan wiki, uh, they are Homus Eternus or Homo Eternus, like the Atlanteans are Homo Equatus, like the mutants are Homo Superior. So Eternals are Homo Eternus. <clears throat> right. In the comics, they are humans that were uplifted by. Mm. Celestials. Okay, and Celestials are, uh, for example, in that that place, the space station Nowhere. That's a huge skull. Yes. That's a Celestial well, skull. E- Ego was a Ego was also Ego a Celestial. Was a celestial. Yep, okay. that's right. Yep. yep. Um, and so, uh, yeah, they are. They've always been kind of the agents or or, or servitors of um, the Celestials in in some way or another. The Eternals are. The Eternals Got are. It. Yes, and they're they're. Uh, counterpart would be the deviants, mm. which, dun, dun, dun. which are the the monstrous critter yeah. creatures. Now, it's in the comics the 
the deviants are, um, they're kind of like the oni of Japanese folklore in that each one is unique and different. Okay. Um, each one is a species unto themselves. Neat. Uh, no, no two are alike, maybe even. Um, I mean, in the movie, it was more like there are a, a race that is clashing with the Eternals. Like the Eternals were brought here to, to like they go around the universe defeating the Deviants and that's why these particular Eternals were brought to Earth. Yeah, they're, they're kind of like, um, they are um, originally, the, the Celestials in this are have, have, deter- have uh, become um, gardeners, mm-hmm. cosmic gardeners it seems like, right? Where they go around creating suns and seeding uh, galaxies and, and that sort of thing. And uh, occasionally some of those planets need to die to give birth to another celestial. Right, because there's celestial seeds inside planets, living, absorbing some their core energy. Some, some of them. And maybe. like they decided that there should be a celestial in an inhabited planet rather than like Venus. Well, they, no, they have the, to be because they, they devour the life force oh, that's right. of, the, of the creatures living on the planet. So... That's one of the reasons that the that the Eternals have to show up, is because they actually have to advance civilization to the point that the Eternal can, the sorry, the Celestial can be born. Right, that's right. I forgot they eat life force, not just pure energy. They eat uh, plot mm-hmm. energy that is uh, only put off by humans who have advanced to a certain degree. Exactly. That's uh, right. That's yeah. right. So, uh, <laughs> Arashem, the Celestial, is one of the the. Celestials that has come to Earth in the comics yeah. and, and is a, p- a part of all this, and it, it does look remarkably similar to the way they did it in the in the movie, which is cool. Um, but uh, there's a lot that's way different, and I sure. don't know that I care. So much like other installations of the MCU, it's different enough that we should just treat it as its own. This is the one five nines universe, not the six one six. Right, and, and there's yeah. some, there's some significantly different stuff, but I. Um, I don't know. I, I thought that this cast was fucking huge. Yeah. There are a lot of characters to get to know. This is like introducing all the Avengers in one movie. Actually, yeah. more than that. Yeah, uh, I think that was... Um, and um, I will say, just based on comments so far, I think I liked it better than the two of you. And it's entirely possible the reason I liked it better than the two of you is most everybody I know had been making... Comments about how disappointed they were were in the movie. So by the time I got to it, I was like, "Well, this isn't that bad." Yeah, um, yeah. It, we, it, we didn't say anything online because I didn't want anyone. Yeah. To, I don't like. I don't like saying what I think about a movie, you know, before people get to see it. Sure, but but, but if you like it, I know. Yeah, right. yeah. Um, so the fact you had said nothing was yeah. like, yeah, eh, but they don't like it very much. Yeah. Um, but that, but it wasn't you. It was like other friends that, oh, that, I, yeah. that yeah. had had made their comments about. About it, and I was like, "Well, I mean, it's not. I mean, it's not great, but it's not awful." And I think the biggest, the biggest stumbling block is they have like ten major characters. Yeah, yeah. In theory, that they're trying to introduce, they're going to kill off some of them, and they want me to care. Um, yeah, and it's very hard to make me care about somebody that fast. I I will say I didn't have any trouble keeping track of who's who, or how, I didn't have any. I wasn't like. You know, the way people come came out of that Mission Impossible movie being like, what was even happening? Like, I, I, I felt like I followed it just fine. It was just boring. Like, they just, every 
every scene felt like it was a long conversation full of drawn out pauses and really like deep thought emotion stuff and then it, it it just felt like like you say you couldn't care about anybody right like mm-hmm. but for me it wasn't necessarily that there were the, the speed or that there were too many it was just more like I think it's it's like DC this is the same problem I have with DC if everyone's a god and and everyone has god powers and everyone's been around forever and there's like there's just no I mean, was the earth going to blow up and uh, the celestial was going to kill everyone on earth? No. No, there's way too much other shit going on in the MCU. So it's like not Um, even, it wasn't even stakes, you know, like that's how it felt. It wasn't even, it was, it was so big that it didn't, it didn't have any connection. Which I think may have been a problem in conception. Yeah. Uh, Now, there were things that I liked about it and things that, that I actually thought were some interesting analogies that I observed that I don't know if they were intentional. Now, there was some... From an atheist point of view, as we are an atheist Mm -hmm. podcast, uh, if you look at the villain of the piece, even though it takes a very long time for him to emerge, Icarus is essentially a dogmatic Christian, right? Mm -hmm. He is going to follow his God, even if he is reasonably convinced that what his God wants to do is objectively bad. Right. right. Um, and he will go go to the go to the extreme in this case of literally murdering his best friends. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The only people with whom he has anything mm-hmm. in common in the universe mm-hmm. uh, to do what his God wants. Similar to like how a Jehovah's Witness gets completely cut out by their family. Right. When their family can just suddenly be like, I don't even know you, I don't love you, and I've never talked to you, you know, in that way because God says so. Like, yeah. Well, and his own, his own leader, uh, Ajak, who, who is, you know, t- telling him the truth of what's happening, the first betrayal is him being like, oh, that kind of goes against our whole dogma, so you die. So, yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just going to kill you. Yeah, yeah, like you're, yeah. if your you know, religious leader told you something that, that that made you think that they were questioning their faith or contradicted all their, their preachings, mm-hmm. and you were like, actually, no, you don't, you're not the leader of this anymore. Yeah. That, yeah. And the other thing that I found interesting about that is that that character was a white dude. Yeah, yeah. sure. And in a cast that was very diverse, there was one other white dude who, interestingly enough, his power was to if basically enslave people through controlling their minds. <laughs> yeah. That's what, Druig? Druig. Yeah. Right. Yeah, Druig. So there's two white dudes, right? One of those white dudes goes totally bonkers yeah. and controlling and mm-hmm. basically says, I will murder every motherfucking one of you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the other major traitor is a white woman who's basically upset that she can't get what she wants. Um, mm-hmm. And that's, Dina. that's no, yeah. she's not, she's not the one that goes rogue. But, okay. She's the, the traitor is, uh, is um, Sprite. Sprite. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't. I didn't think. I didn't think Sprite. I thought Sprite was non-binary. I didn't get a gender. Uh, they, they gendered her. They in the did they? Okay, yeah. I wasn't yeah. sure. Though it's worth noting that Sprite is a, a boy in the comics. Just okay, for what it's worth, it's yeah. not terribly important because they're so illusion heavy and yeah. prepubescent yeah. that okay. it's it's okay. not. Yeah. Yeah. So I. I mean, I would have preferred that they didn't. In fact. 
gender sprite, but they did. And um, well, and honestly, Sprite's whole thing felt like a more of a romantic entanglement with Icarus, which was yeah. you know yeah. like like a like a I'm gonna do up to anything that'll make this guy notice me, which was like boof. It's yeah. I, so that's one thing that they've kept from the comics is um, Sprite's tragedy, right? The the character is just you know immortally young. Yeah, yeah, um, that is tragic, and, and it is tragic. And in the in the comics, it does lead to some betrayal from from Sprite. Um, Sprite manages to do some illusions so powerful when they're juiced up by the Unimind, which they also use at the end of the movie, um, that they actually rewrite all the Eternals as mortals who are kind of sleeping and living among us mm. as, as regular folks, you know, without their memories. Um, it was kind of a, a fairly recent uh, reimagining or re- a modernization of the characters by Neil Gaiman in uh, oh, a sure. single book. Right. So anyway, my um, to get back to the oh, the things yeah. that that appealed to me, and no, there's nothing wrong with that. But um, the things that I noted were the event, the traitors were white people, in spite of the fact that this group was a very diverse group. Yeah, that's you know, nice. The, the the other white person, two other white people, one person controls minds, mm-hmm. and one person essentially is mentally ill mm-hmm. um, and everybody else is is a person of color um, and they are the ones that are the are are choosing to rebel against this deity who they've been told they serve but some, they, some of them don't make it to the point where they even know whether or not they are serving or given the opportunity to to betray though. Like, like uh, you know, a, a few get eaten by deviants before we get to that point. Um, it's right? worth, it's Only worth... Gilgamesh. Because so... because Ajak knows. There are two of them that die, Gilgamesh and Ajak. I thought a third one got at... Uh, no. Right. Nearly. Um, it, uh, Athena oh, nearly right. gets at. Yeah, yeah. But, but she's just tricking the... Tricking the deviant into into complacency, and then she kills yeah. him. Yeah, it's worth noting that uh, Druig is Peruvian, according I, I to was, the Marvel wiki here that I'm looking at. Yeah, uh, but the actor is the Irish. actor is Irish. And yeah, I, I was I was not sure. I mean, the actor may be mixed race. I can't say for sure because his IMDb entry was not clear on that. So yeah, uh, since he presents in the movie as white, uh, that's kind of. Kind of where I, I With left God, it. God, Tim, you can't just assume people are white. <laughs> yeah, well, I, you know, I, um, I thought it was, I looked it up. Jesus Christ! <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny that they they made all these comparisons uh, between Icarus and Superman. Yeah, mm-hmm. and this movie felt like a very DC movie for Marvel. That's the first the, thing I said when the, it was over. The, the colors were so muted; it looks like it went through that mud filter. That makes everything look a little kind of I don't know hopeless and dreary to me. Yeah. The way the way the the like Justice League and that, yep. that sort of thing do. Yeah. Um. The the like you were saying everyone's everyone's a god the slugfest kind of thing yep. we get. The, 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 yeah. As soon as the movie was over, the first thing I said was, "Well, Marvel finally did it. They made a movie that I didn't care about as much as a DC movie. Just like it felt <laughs> it felt very similar with the whole movie. I was just like." All right, like, uh, okay, like it was, I mean, I was really happy about the gay representation. They did that well. I felt like that wasn't tokenistic or 
or uh, you know, gay peril. Uh, Brian Tyree Henry as Fastos. Yep, but yeah. at the same time, I I think you know it wasn't exactly like groundbreaking, right. you know, or anything. It, it just it was it was just nice to see a normal gay relationship, you know. They, but the we ran into some friends and we went and saw it, and we were talking about it afterwards. And I think one of the things that was noted was all the scenes with uh, Fastos and his husband are all very easily edited or cut. Yeah. For for foreign distribution. Yeah. Like 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 nothing they, there's nothing that's significant. Yeah, there's there's no significant um, scenes that are, you know, important to the plot. Like, that, that, say there's a really big country with a lot of power when it comes to like whether or not movies get edited before they're released there. Although they they've said they won't allow it to be edited. Yeah, it's, sure. Um, Who said that? Disney. Disney has said that that they're mm. not they're not ed- releasing an edited version for foreign markets. So I guess so, they're just not showing it in certain countries. Maybe they, the, the cool thing about him too, uh, which I think we know him primarily originally from Atlanta, right? Paperboy. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's Paperboy in Atlanta. Uh, but uh, when he was told that they were looking at him for a, a Marvel movie to be a hero, he was like, "Oh, that sounds great." So. All right then, how much weight do I need to lose? And the director was like, "Oh, none, none, none weight. We we want you for this movie, so you know you can just come on on and and be a superhero, and we got the suit for you and everything." And he was just like, "Oh shit, that that isn't a thing that happens." And it's amazing if you're a man because they will do that for you. It looks like. <laughs> but if you're a woman, uh, God knows you need to be a toothpick because this movie was full of very skinny women. Well, I mean, this is the only time I think that they've had a, a dude who was fat where it wasn't played as a joke. Oh yeah, no, I'm all about um, it. I'll take the advancement where we can get yeah, it. For I, sure. Yeah, sure. And while I agree with you in general, I will point out Salma Hayek was not a toothpick in this movie. Okay, well, we have different definitions of what skinny is then, I well. guess. <laughs> Because she is like a size two, so <laughs> with boobs. It's like, sh- sh- sure, her uh, body fat percentage might be higher, but that's mostly in her tits. I don't know. Like, yeah, the women yeah. aren't. The women are never are never overweight by any means. No, at, to- um, at most they have butts and and boobs. Angelina's suit is padded. Uh, like her suit is padded for to, to give her a butt and stuff. It, it's it's rough, yeah. but. That is my only. That is my biggest complaint with this was that they were. It was a very diverse cast, uh, except for size of women, in which case they were all basically the same size. Yeah, uh, Don Lee, uh, Gilgamesh, Gil, the powerhouse guy. He was also a, a yep. fucking. He was yep. a. He was a thick gent, and yep. not not fat. I wouldn't say, but like he is a broad fella. Yeah, I'm glad to see it. To be honest, yeah, like I, 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 especially since with the whole fat Thor thing was absolutely played for laughs right. and mm-hmm. and not played at all. Like uh, it was played as a this is what happens to your body when you don't care about yourself. Yeah, as opposed to uh, some people are just built this way, right? Man. And that's a little frustrating. So uh, we we talked a little bit about the the heroes. Um, the villains are kind of twofold in the in this. Mm-hmm. There's the Celestials. And and also the the deviants. Um, I felt like this movie could have had either one of them and completely eliminated the other, to yeah. some degree. Um, I don't I don't know that the deviants were super relevant to the plot. I feel isn't like, the villain Icarus? Is it? Because I think I think what the movie's trying to do is misdirect, right? I mean, I'm not for good or ill. It's like 
The Celestials are kind of a villain, except they're just doing what they do. That's what I was just going to say. Um, I wouldn't have painted them as villainous. They, the don't, deviants, they don't even give the, a shit about the, us. The like, Deviants are a distraction, right? Because yeah. really, Icarus is just trying to let Tiamat be he's, born. He's running he's, out the clock. He's running out the clock. Right. Well, um, and wasn't it... It was What's Selma Hayek's character's name again? Ajax. Wasn't it Ajax that actually was the one that was running out the clock? Icarus just found out about no, it. No, Ajax told him it was seven days and she said she wanted to stop it. Yeah. She said they had seven days to stop but it. But she's the one That's who knew the whole time. Yeah. Her. But she's the one who knew the whole time right, and right. didn't tell them. Right. That's what I'm saying. Because you can't say she's a hero. She knew the whole time that's what they were doing. But she changed sure. her mind at the end. Oh, so okay. she did a deathbed <laughs> conversion. Yeah. Oh, good for her then. She goes to heaven. Yeah. <laughs> like, I just, like, there were no heroes in this movie to me. It was yeah. very frustrating. It was built as a hero movie, and I didn't really see anybody doing anything that felt very heroic, honestly, yeah. other I than... I mean, like, Gilgamesh, I guess. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, Fastos, you know, um, uh, Makari, the deaf one that was the speedster, Makari. Yeah. Um, I mean, they, they were they were all fairly heroic, but they're all. I don't know. I, I I can understand the the claim that there wasn't anyone that was truly you know. Marvel's whole thing about heroes is uh, people who like it, it tends to be people who that when faced with a difficult choice, yeah. make the difficult choice that might mean self-sacrifice in order to, you know, like, help others, right? Sure. That seems to be their definition Something of Something that, that highlights the heroic character. The character, yes. yes. Specifically their character, not their powers. Yeah, that's, sure. That's the Marvel hero, With great right? power, etc. Etc. And so I, I feel like with that in mind, this didn't feel like anything... It set up a lot of cool stuff that I'm excited about, yes. but but it didn't really do anything for me in terms of a, of a movie on its own. You don't think that it presented that choice to Cersei, because she doesn't know anything about what's going on until she gets that that orb implanted in her chest and finds out the whole thing. And basically, the moment she finds out the whole thing, she's like, "Well, shit, this has to stop." And certainly, she has her her hero's doubting moment uh, before she finally finally. Big, tries to tries to lead everybody and do something about it. But, I mean, her character is the character that's effectively the central focus of the film. Hmm. Yeah. It, and she, she has a hero's journey. It didn't feel like there was a difficult choice for her or anything like that. It didn't feel like there was any uh, drama to her being like, no, this is wrong. We need to stop this. She didn't have any conviction. She wasn't losing it. I guess she, it, you could argue she was losing her ex. She, but she right? didn't even, but she didn't even she know didn't that. She was doing she it. didn't know so she was doing and yeah. she almost doesn't... I mean, her, her feelings I, with him are weird. Yeah, I mean, a lot. Of, I think a lot of the things that are at issue with this movie are writing-related. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I, but, you know, I will go back to... From an atheist point of view, this mm-hmm. is the first movie I've seen in Marvel that looks at the concept of a god as uh, something that all of these characters look at as a god and essentially many of them coming to the conclusion that their god is wrong yeah that they're that 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 uh, and and hmm. from an eighth and I, that doesn't make it a good movie doesn't it's a, it, it but it, it is a good philosophical sure point that the movie made that I appreciated. I feel like it's not a point the movie made. I feel like it's a point you found in the movie. And I would argue uh, that Marvel it has no intention of making this an allegory for monotheism. That to them they would argue the Celestials are not gods. They are 
very powerful godlike. But Marvel goes very, is very careful not to ever call anybody a god There's, other than Thor. And even then, they're like, oh, he's a, it's the pantheon, and they're real, but it's this other. I mean, like they don't aliens. they really shy, they shy away from this whole like idea of God, right? And so. I, I agree with you. I like from that lens. I agree that this is a very you can read this in an atheist way and see it as a a, a what's the word I'm looking for like a declining of you know Christian morals or or at least an ab, like a, a ah, words are failing me a, an undermining of what Christians consider to be their morality right where yeah. the God is all powerful and knows things but. I don't feel like Icarus, to me it felt more like somebody who's a boss, like a simp for their boss, <laughs> you know, more than anything, like a bootlicker. Yeah, Icarus the bootlicker. Yeah, and it's still notable that it's basically the one clearly powerful white dude. He's, mm. I mean, yeah, he, I mean, like... That's very true. He's the, the white s- guy's not the hero, and that's a big he's, step forward. He's the Superman, and we're so used to the Superman being this... Uh, moral pinnacle right that's what we yeah. expect from that sort of archetype and that's yeah. not who he is and that's in- that is interesting well and i had a problem right off the start because there's no way you're going to tell me that rob stark is hotter than john snow i mean just come <laughs> on i'm sorry but no yeah, right? <laughs> so when it's like that's your ex i feel inferior oh honey i don't know why <laughs> like, like well, he's an asshole like i can tell that just but, by looking well, at his him, face him we know who john snow is going to turn into <laughs> well, yeah, kit, kit harrington's like four foot seven or something so, um, but yeah that's, we, 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 we really talked about uh, Kit Harrington who plays uh, Dane Whitman who in the comics is one of the people to bear the title of the Black Knight I almost leaned over to you at the beginning of the movie and I almost said Ten Buck says that this boyfriend either doesn't matter at all and didn't even need to be in the movie or is the chosen one and, and I didn't make the joke because I was like ah, I don't want to interrupt and, you're, and almost both are right <laughs> Yeah, he he could have seriously been cut completely from the movie. I feel like uh, uh, the only reason he's there is for a hook at the he's end. He's there for, for Cersei to feel stuff like that's, that's yeah. But yeah. like literally anything else could have been what grounded her to humanity and support. Like like I feel like his yeah. Function, she could have been a teacher, and there could have been a yeah, kid who was, was she, like, "Don't leave us, Miss Cersei." She, she was a teacher, and she used her powers to save that kid. And then the stat, you know, the the shell was gonna fall on wherever it was. But like, it could have been anything else. It was a fossil, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Shells can be fossils. Yes. <laughs> it's called Ammonite Tim. Read a book. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, you know, the the Black Knight is... You didn't learn uh, that in a book. You learned it from Animal Crossing. That's anyway, true. I, I think it's... I, I did think it was interesting that... Uh, okay, so... Uh, I think what Mo- Molly said something about it opening a lot of doors for other stuff in the future. And yeah, I think yeah. All my favorite things about this movie are... Um, like contextual things that have more to do with what this movie means or introduces for yeah. the larger MCU, um, and and I mean, at the, I don't. A lot of people didn't recognize. Uh, I am one of, among them. The voice at the end that talks to to Dane Whitman in the when stinger. he when in the stinger when he opens up the the uh, case to show the ebony sword is uh, that's uh, Marshall Ali. That's yep. Blade, um, mm. which this is the first, in, the first time we've had anything to do with him at all in, mm-hmm. in the MCU, and his movie is still a good ways off, even. 
Um, but they're already gearing up to include him and, and to, to uh, hint at his eventual arrival. I think maybe we'll get a Blade movie that takes place before Eternals that then links up to this at the end, right? Maybe. Um, uh, uh, we could be looking at, like, a magical team of, you know, vampire and monster hunters that, that the, they would both be a part of or something along those lines. But will they fuck? Because that was a very important part of this movie <laughs> based on how long I was forced to watch a sex scene. Yeah. <laughs> I will say, I'm not a prude by any means, but uh, I, have never, I have never seen a sex scene in a movie where I have been interested in watching it. Uh, pretty much any time there's a sex scene in a movie, I get weirdly uncomfortable it's like, I feel like I don't want to, I'm like, oh gosh, sorry guys, you guys can do just, I don't know. It's, you Well, you apologize to the dishwasher when you open it and it's that's running. That's true, that's true. So, I but feel it's like it's more the same just, thing. It just feels more like, I just, like, it, it, it's okay, I mean, I'm not like, oh, there shouldn't be sex in movies, it's just more like, but why though? Like, why, if it, if it matters to the plot, but this felt a lot like the sex scene in Watchmen. Where they're just fucking and then like Archie spits fire while Hallelujah plays, you know sure. that scene? It kind of felt like yeah, that. Yeah, I remember that scene. Yeah, it felt like that where it was like, oh, but don't worry. This is phase four. These Eternals, they're not your normal heroes. These Eternals, fuck. Well, <laughs> like, like just last week, people were posting an article around that was something like, you know, we live in an era of uh, like the Marvel un- movies are... Uh, Beautiful people who never have sex. Yeah, sure. And talking about how everyone is hot and everyone is like just, you know, uh, model perfect and all that. And none of these people, like all the fucking is very implied. Like you see kids and stuff like that, but you don't actually see. Sure. You know, anything that would indicate that these people are actually sexual beings. Other than the Deadpool movies, which aren't technically in the MCU. Which aren't technically in the MCU. (laughs) And then then like the next week after I see three or four people share that, we get... This and what my response is like. This felt unnecessary. <laughs> it, well, and I think that's it, the, the the problem with people complaining about well, Marvel movies nobody fucks. It's like, do you really want to watch that? Yeah. Why is that, they... is that is that what you really need? Is that what the story is about? And that's the thing here. It's like, well, we can understand that they have a relationship without actually seeing a sex scene. Right. Yeah. We can understand they're involved in a physical relationship without actually seeing a sex scene. Yeah. So plus, if we're going to complain about the Marvel movies not showing not showing characters having sex, what we're really saying is they're careful not to imply characters have sex. Yeah. Or so it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, here they didn't go as far. They, they it's like they didn't know how to imply characters have sex without showing a sex scene. Yeah. Um, which you know, if we watch them kiss and watch one of them start to take off their shirt, we got a pretty good idea what's coming next. Right. I mean, I've um, been there. I've done it. <laughs> I've, done, uh, I've done sex. I don't know about you guys, but <laughs> Tim, have you seen uh, the movie Nomadland? No, I haven't. Okay, so uh, that won the Oscar last it year. It did. I haven't um, seen it. Either. And that was directed by Chloe Zhao. Did you no. see it? I didn't think so. No, no uh, it's actually like on Netflix, and I uh, Hulu. It's a oh, Hulu, Hulu original. I it's a streaming movie. Yes. There you go. Um, it's on the, the internet. Yeah, and any of us could have watched it once it won the Oscar, and yet <laughs> it sounded so boring. <laughs> it, it, it didn't. It didn't sound boring to me. It sounded really depressing even if there was an uplifting bit to it and boy I tell you during the pandemic the thing that I just could not handle was depressing movies I was just like 
nope, depressing shit. I, it's all around me all the time. Do not want. I don't mind reading depressing stuff. Something about watching it played out just feels like a, a real, I don't know. It, I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, I used to like depressing movies, but not so much anymore. Not unless there's there, uh, not unless I can feel really good at the end about something. Yeah. Why? Like, why do you bring it up other than it's oh, the same just director? Same director. Okay. Just that's she's 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 kind of a new director mm-hmm. still. She doesn't have done a, a ton of big movies. She same had like a, the director for Shang Chi. Exactly. Yep. And so I was just wondering if anyone else, any one of us had seen her, any of her other work to compare it. It did seem to. likely that Tim might have seen it if out of all three of us. Uh, yeah, see, and normally I would see it. Yeah, I I will say so. Okay, things I liked about the movie because honestly, like, I, and uh, it's so hard because I was very excited for it. I was really like, I was very excited for the concept. I was really into a big. I like the celestial the stuff. The the big, you know universe spanning stuff right. uh so far everything that we've seen in phase four has been multiverse focused so i was hoping there would be some multiverse shit going on but there's sure. not and that was weird sure there was nothing like i thought there might be something i don't know anything even just like a throwaway line about like you know this happens this happens to all sorts of planets this happens to planets across all you know universes yeah. or yeah. something but like and, and it just felt very, like I said earlier, uh, that it didn't feel like there were any stakes because I knew the planet wasn't going to blow up and kill mm-hmm. everybody. That wasn't There wasn't going to be a celestial birth out of Earth. That wasn't going to happen. So then it just became minor stakes. Like, are they going to find out Icarus, you know, is, is he going to reveal himself to be this traitor or are they going to, you know, is, is Sprite going to go with him or whatever? And, and he reveals himself to be the traitor basically right after we find out he's the traitor. Right, yeah. right. They, they very carefully don't show us that. I mean, maybe there's some implication. I'd have to go watch the movie again yeah. to see if they managed to do much more than, you know, furtive looks uh, to indicate that he was a traitor other than just, oh, we're going to do the flashback where we learn he's a traitor. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then he's going to reveal to everybody that he's the traitor's. Yeah, so, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, I feel too like the, uh, this probably could have been at, at least forty-five minutes shorter. Yeah, uh, a lot of it was conversations that didn't go anywhere. But well, and the problem is, they were introducing a bunch of different characters, and you know, there was the, the there there is you know in the first hour the let's put the team together. Yeah, and they're. T- too many fucking members of the team, yeah, right? That's a solid third of the mo- of a of a decent length movie is spent it's spent putting the team together. Yep. Most of the time, they're not even having to fight deviants when they find them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so there's not a lot of, and, and I mean, action isn't everything in it. No, no, I yeah, but, I was fine with that first part. But uh, but there is very little action. They have to get us. I mean, I am concerned based on the way Hollywood works that they're going to look at this Marvel movie that Chloe Zhao, Zhao directed, mm-hmm. a, a woman of color directed, uh, that isn't compared to a lot of other Marvel movies as good. Mm-hmm. And where a white dude would get another job, even though she won an Oscar for Best Director... Is she gonna get another job? I don't. I'm not worried about her getting another job. To be uh, honest, I really am not. Uh, with Marvel, who can say? Well, right. But but I think that the failure of this movie was, for lack of a better term, a failure of imagination. They hadn't established 
any of these characters. They created a situation where you as an audience member couldn't feel any sense of peril, right? Because they're not going to mm-hmm. kill off every other character that they've mm-hmm. created, mm-hmm. right? You know, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Mm-hmm. And if, if the Eternals get their wish... Who's left? Captain Marvel? Yeah. Right. You know, yeah. everybody else is gone. Their their planet is destroyed. We know that it has that that they're that this has to succeed. So what they're setting up is whatever the next thing is. So what, yeah. And let's talk about that a bit. So um, in the Eternals comics, there is a um, there are two kind of reoccurring themes with the Celestials. Yes. One is the sleeping celestial that lives under the earth who's... Like a a fetus. As long as it's dreaming, it's full-sized. As long as it's dreaming, we're all safe. It's full-sized and it's in the earth? It is. Okay. Yep. Sure. Whatever. (laughs) Their physical representation is... They exist outside of our dimensionality, so their size isn't really relevant. They can be... Yeah. Okay. Um, and another thing is the Celestials coming back to judge Earth mm. and to find out whether or not we get the thumbs up or thumbs down. Um, they've done this in the comics with other races, so, mm-hmm. like the Kree. Mm-hmm. Are, are, they are a, that's a world that they've kind of been through this whole song and dance with the Celestials. Um, uh, so that I think that's interesting. There's this looming threat of the Celestials out there who are, you know, an army of gods. More or less. Um, I think uh, we have Athena, Druig, and uh, Makari on their ship, the Domo, going out into space. And we have uh, Guardians of the Galaxy, Thor, Love, and Thunder. We have other space mm-hmm. co- Marvel cosmic stuff on the, on the, on the horizon. Um, and we already kind of talked about the Black Swordsman and, and Blade. But then they reveal Eros or uh, Star Fox and um, Pip the Troll. Right. Yep. Which, I mean, I don't know. I only know Pip the Troll from, uh, actually from the Marvel LCG. That's the first time I encountered him was when we included him in that. So, um, Eros is Thanos' brother. He is a celestial. uh, Not a celestial. He is is internal. Are all the stories about Eros actually him as well? Is that, I don't know. Are, probably. Are we doing Some that again? of them. I don't know. <laughs> I, whatever. Doesn't matter. I don't know. It's tired. But um, but uh, Thanos is his brother, and Thanos has a deviant gene in him. Mm-hmm. That's why he looks so different in his whatever the Mad oh, Titan. Thanos so, is the Loki of this relationship. Yes. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Um, but Eros is also kind of a piece of shit because his his power is like Thor. He makes people fall in love with him. He, oh, sure. He, it is like anti-consent is his power. Like grooming. Um, but I thought uh, uh, Patton Oswalt as Pip the Troll was fucking hilarious. Yeah, that was And good. great. And, and I, what a great role for him. Um, do you? How do you two think this will factor into the things up ahead? Do you think the Celestials mm-hmm. are going to be our big bad? Um, knowing that we have all this multiverse stuff happening as well? I don't think so, because I think I, I, I it feels like the Celestials are going to figure into whatever, uh, assuming we get Eternals, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Celestials figure more into that since they've already sort of set up Kang as the big bad of 
this phase. I think mm-hmm. so too. Um, and it, maybe the Eternals are being set up for a big bad further along the road. Sure. The Eternals, the Eternals or the, the Celestials? Celestials. Okay. I get those two mixed no, up. No, I know. Yeah. I think they've been getting interchanged a couple times yeah. in our conversation. So. Um, and it, it, I, I don't know. I, I think it doesn't make sense for it to be the Celestials and Kang unless right. Kang is using the Celestials as a threat that he can use to to bring mm-hmm. people more in allegiance with him. Or um, he sees through time and he knows what he has to do to put in motion to make the Celestials like win or lose and he's yeah. using that as the threat. Yeah. 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 I mean, if we're if we're talking about like giant cosmic, you know, god type figures on the horizon as a, a potential threat for phase five or something. I mean, that could lead well into, like, a Galactus-type deal since they're bringing in the Fantastic Four yeah. or something this, like that. That but. is what I thought of, was, like, the, that the Eternals felt like the Heralds and, and, and everything. So, hmm. yeah, I don't know. I feel, I don't, again, this felt so disconnected from everything else. Yeah, yeah that's that, the biggest problem. It's like, you know what I would have, what I would love to see is after that big fight with the Deviant in, uh, in London, fucking, uh... Fucking Samuel Jackson shows up and is like, yeah. "What's this about?" Yeah, yeah. something, you know? something. Just, just to feel, just feel shield like, presence. Yeah. yeah, just to feel like some of the other Marvel characters, and and it, you know, under, understanding that the Eternals could have stopped Thanos and were not able to. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, this could this could even have though, eaten, sorry. even though uh, Icarus totally should have stopped Thanos. Because if the goal was to increase the population of the planet, Icarus, by not interfering, yeah, slowed down the emergence yeah. of the new celestial. That, that felt weird to me because then, the, honestly, when they were like, "Well, where were you? Like, where were you when you know Thanos? And where were you with this? And where were you with that?" It's like, "Oh, we weren't supposed to interfere," and it was just like, <laughs> "Well, well, hold on. Like, you're not supposed to interfere, but like." There's th- like, but you're also supposed to up the. There were things that happened in the world that almost killed off humanity. You, like, it, it seems like they gave humanity the power of the steam engine potentially, and you want to talk yeah. about things that influence the course of humanity. The yeah. industrial revolution. Yeah, they're, 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 well, no, he starts with the plow. I mean, that's the interesting thing is like, oh, yeah. he's introducing technology. At the right points, he right. gave them nuclear technology, right? Which yeah. led to Hiroshima, which led to his, his. I won't do anything anymore. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it, yeah it, like I said, it was a failure of imagination. If so this, sorry, I just. What if this had this felt like to me? It this could have been anything. This could have been the way Joker is not technically. Uh, you know, it's a DC movie, but it's not actually like it's not a part of their whole their thing. whole thing, right? That's what this felt like to me. This felt Marvel adjacent. This felt like you know, oh wow, but what if all this was also happening, you guys? And it's like, yeah, okay, like sure. I don't know. I just the the idea that Captain Marvel never showed up, that that nobody at all had any eyes on any of these Eternals the whole time because they blended so well and then all this shit starts happening and they do not blend at all. Mm-hmm. Like, And a, a, an interesting thought is, like, Guardians of the Galaxy could have been Marvel adjacent. It was all but Marvel adjacent, right? Mm-hmm. Except there's an Infinity Stone. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and we've seen hints of Thanos already and Thanos shows up in Guardians of the Galaxy. So even though there's none of our Earthbound heroes to deal with, we still 
see how Guardians how Guardians is gonna connect in. Yeah. Whereas with Eternals, we never got that. It, yeah. Thematically, and the writing and directing, it felt like it belonged in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as well. And I feel like those are other ways in which Guardians this, did. Guardians. Yes. And I, those are other ways in which I feel like this is a little bit disconnected. Yeah. I, I'm I'm a little worried that this is gonna be their Inhumans, but of the movie. Uh, of, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. so the show, and I, and I feel like that's we've seen that in the comics. Marvel it keeps trying to make Inhumans and Eternals happen, and it is never been super successful. And I think there's a reason. Yeah. So, uh, before we get to five questions, final thoughts. You know, I still uh, it wasn't. It's not great, but I I did enjoy myself while I was in the movie. I enjoyed. The change in tone. I, I actually enjoyed the more contemplative nature of it. I think ultimately the biggest place where it fell short for me was not figuring out a way to get us emotionally invested in these characters before they dropped them into this movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I will say this is the first time I've been bored watching a Marvel movie. It felt like some of the... You know how we used to talk about the Marvel Netflix shows? Yeah. And how there were just episodes where you were just like, Jesus Christ, I like I kept falling asleep. Or I just couldn't... Yeah. Like, this episode just felt so pointless. They should have all been six episodes. That, that's what of... this movie felt like to me. Oh, it yeah. just felt like every time there was a long conversation i all i could think in my head was ways to edit it down yeah. and it was just like i would have cut this i would have you know I, I could have edited this this 10 minute conversation could have been two and it would have been just as effective if not more invested just by using a little bit more you know i don't know just a little bit better writing i agree the writing was a big issue and I, I wonder if chloe Zhao is going to eventually say you know, that it got overproduced and that sure. she had a different way that she wanted it to go. Maybe there were differences. We, we hear that a lot when there's a really boring superhero movie, right? Like my version would have been great, you know? I uh, I, I feel the same, but uh, like they could have done the opposite. They could have made this a Disney Plus series that was even a limited event that was six episodes long. Yeah. And then we would have given given a chance to give more of a fuck about all the characters, but I don't think we were given that chance. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, it doesn't matter that a few of them died and from here on out there'll be fewer of them to keep track of and to get to know and get to care about. I, I think we could, we could have... Maybe that could have been executed a little bit better. I, I don't... I didn't hate this movie. No. I just... Compared to everything else, it was so I feel so unenthusiastic about it, which the contrast is very stark. I, I'm actually with you, Nick. That I I came out of it thinking I thought thinking it would have been better as a as a Disney Plus series. Yeah. That that, that it needed more time. Yeah. Than uh, than this movie could give it. Six mini plot arcs with maybe two overarching yep. plot arcs would have yep. been more engaging. Especially if they'd been more focused in on the characters. Like, yep. what if you'd had a had a plot arc that's all about uh, Gilgamesh and uh, or Gilgamesh? It's not quite Gilgamesh, but anyway, yeah, Gilgamesh and 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 Athena. What if what no? If it's they, just Athena. 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 Yes. What if there What if there'd been something that that followed them for a while? Yeah, or, yeah. Uh, that that then then when when Gil dies, we're we're gonna feel that, right? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah. Um, One of the most interesting things was this whole like mental illness that stems from being brought back too many times or whatever it is. But then, uh, but then not, I guess like other, like they just kind of, they very hand waved it. It was like, Oh, it happened to her, but it won't happen to you. Like it's like, okay. (laughs) Also just, this is a side note. It's nothing to do with the movie. It's to do with the actual characters in the comics, but their names are so fucking stupid (laughs) that I can't stand it. Like it's not Athena. It's just Thena. It's not Gil, Gilgamesh, it's almost that. It's not Ajax, it's Ajax. Yeah. It's not Druid, it's Druid. Like, it's just, fuck me, they're so dumb, and I just, but that was least, part... It, it, it's not Icarus, it's just pronounced it's, the same way. It's, and, yeah. And he dies by flying into oh, the sun. and don't, okay. yeah, and also, like, isn't it funny that they were actually planting those stories? It just, it just, yeah. never, no, that's not funny. Like, it's yeah. just, <laughs> the whole movie was so distracting, and when she actually said, it's like, it's, it's like Athena, but just drop the A. I was like, oh my God. Like, no, f- no the, just Facebook. <laughs> oh, fantastic. All right. Um, we ask our listeners to send us five questions to answer on, on the podcast. And sometimes they do. And if you are a Patreon supporter, first of all, thank you. And second of all, your questions get bumped to the top of the queue. So, Molly, who do we have questions from this week? We have five questions from friend of the show and patron, Adam Treese. Hey, Hi, Adam. So, Adam says, my wife, Tre- my wife Tears's favorite MCU characters are Doctor Strange's cape and Morris from Shang-Chi. Oh, sure. The, right. the, the chaos... The, the, the butt, butt dog. dog. The butt dog, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the winged butt dog. Yeah. And the cape. Assuming Disney does the right thing and gives us a movie featuring the adventures of these two soon-to-be best friends, <laughs> please answer the following. Okay. All right, so these questions are all about the movie that is the feature of Doctor Strange's cape... And Morris. And Morris from Shang-Chi. All right. One... Since these two clearly represent the core of a new, better Avengers team, <laughs> caped in America, who would you slot in as their additional team members? Oh. So you've got Doctor Strange's cape, Morris from Shang-Chi, and then who are the other additional team members to make the Avengers? Uh, Alligator Loki. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Goose the Flurkin. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah, Goose the Flurkin uh, for sure. A really big ant. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the one special ant, yeah, I feel one, like. The I one special ant, yeah. yeah. I think, can we all agree on that? I think oh, that's... Oh, I got one more. Oh, what else? Who else? Mjolnir. What's, oh, what's Mjolnir. Mjolnir doing when Thor is no, no, on No, no, he's just on his yeah. own. Yeah, Mjolnir's on his own. It's like his, it's like his rumspringer. <laughs> 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 all right, all right. Question two. Who's the big bad of this movie? Oh, I already oh. said Alligator Loki. No, 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 um, all right, uh, 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 Claw, and mm-hmm. Amy Circus's character from okay. like Black Panther sure. and, and uh, uh, other films, but like a multiverse version of Claw. Uh, uh, but he, yes, but he is a a multiversal poacher. Oh, mm. oh, that the mm. yeah, and and also you know collector of magic. See, I was gonna say the collector. I was gonna oh, say the collector. The, the collector, the collector is the big bad because he's after all of them. Sure, he wants them for his collection. Sure, that's yeah. I, I like just, that. I was just gonna go for Craven the Hunter. Ooh, that's Ooh. also good. Yeah, that's yeah, also yeah. good. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. In fact, you know what? I say all three of them. All three of them. Up. <laughs> team up. Teamed up. How do they team up? It's not important. Okay, so that actually leads into question three. Is there a specific genre you think will be used, or is this generic her- hero team up? Oh, heist. Heist movie? 
Yeah, they gotta well because they gotta break in and and free the rest of their team who's been captured. Yeah, I think uh, they gotta break out Molnir for sure. Yeah, I don't I don't know how to describe this genre, <laughs> but effectively it's Jumanji. So oh. <laughs> all of our Avengers characters are trapped into a game created oh. by their by by our big bad. Maybe maybe uh, maybe Arcade's a, is yeah. a minor boss. There Arcade, you go. Oh, Arcade's sure. been employed by the uh, by the Claw Craven collector, collector triumvirate. And, it's a good uh, thing they don't all spell the names of the K. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, that would be bad. <laughs> uh, so so okay, a modification on heist. Uh, it is a a prison break. Okay. Oh, that's they have okay. been captured. They form a team while captured, yeah. and they break out together. Okay, but I'm gonna add in that I don't know. Again, I don't know how to describe this as a genre. But the beginning of the movie is gonna start us in media res with something crazy, and then it's gonna go record scratch, and it's gonna focus <laughs> in on Morris. He's gonna be like, "I bet you're wondering how I got here." <laughs> so, well, it's a crazy story. <laughs> so, question: Is this like Garfield the cat, where we can all just hear Morris talking, even though he doesn't have a mouth moving yeah, or whatever? Yeah. Or is he just making little? squeaky honky noises and it's subtitled. <laughs> I like the second one. Yeah, it's just subtitled. Whoever's producing What If needs to listen to this episode because yeah. this needs to happen. It's good. This movie yeah. slaps. All right, question four. What's the best, for whatever version of the term best you choose, hmm. what's the best merchandising tie-in? Oh, boy. Well, I mean, it's it's a Disney product, so I'm always going to argue pins, pins, pins. Sure, All the course. Disney pins. Mm-hmm. Um, especially if they can come up with Disney pins that, that work the characters mm-hmm. into other Disney movies. Like, I really want to see Merida holding Mjolnir because she is clearly worthy. Yep, yep, uh, okay. yep. All right. That kind of shit. I'm going to say that it's a, it is a Morris plushie wearing the cape. Oh. And what you don't realize is they're fucking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, they won't tell you that. That's just that little wink to the old uh, who's stodgy now article people shared. <laughs> oh, I, I really want to see the cape and Edna Mode go at it, right? Oh, oh yeah. It? That could go be... at it or go at it? Yeah, well, you know you what? Know. That's, that's some, that's There's like no a, fucking in the MCU. <laughs> That's going to be one of those parade interactions at yeah. Disney, oh, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where Edna's like wagging her finger no while voiceover is like, no, Kate. And, and the Kate's wagging the is like, I think the, I think the, the tie-in is going to be, uh, it's going to be uh, like whatever Wendy's restaurant's equivalent of the Happy Meal is. Okay. Only instead of square burgers... The burgers have all been like cookie cutter cut to look like different members of the team. Okay. Because there's a B plot where the collector is is turning things into f- exotic, expensive foods. Oh yeah, that so, makes sense. I, I really that's... want to know how you get the tentacles on the flurkin, but whatever. <laughs> uh, uh, that's the lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> all right, and finally, question five. Clearly, not every movie needs a romantic arc, but this one's getting one. What character are both of our protagonists interested in? Oh no, it's a love triangle. Gasp. A Yelena Belova. And how does it resolve? And how does it resolve? Okay, so Nick says they're both involved with Yelena Belova. Yeah. How does it resolve? Uh, You don't find out until the end. That that they've both been like they've both been talking about like this this girl there this lady they're interested in oh sure and then at the end of the movie they figure out like wait a minute that's the well, I'm interested in her kind of a moment 
and and it resolves in them just forming a polycule. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, see, okay. My ending's similar, but I was thinking the Aquafina character from from Shang Chi. Yes. Okay. Uh, yes. She's she's the 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 love interest to both of them, and at the end, it's just like you know whether we can all have a relationship. Yeah. 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 I think it's gonna be actually like a little bit of a interteam drama, a la the X Men. Like this sure. is our first taste of the X Men oh, in the MCU, sure. and it's gonna be Mjolnir actually uh, uh, in that. Uh, Morris thought that Mjolnir thought he was worthy and the cape thought Mjolnir thought he was worthy and it turns out Mjolnir didn't think either one of them is worthy and pieces no. out oh, and nice. deuces up yeah. like just leaves them both in the dust and that just reinforces the bond of our protagonists yeah. because uh, hammer, no. hammers ain't shit alright <laughs> they're, they're fighting over the hammer but they're not taking into consideration the hammer's Opinions at all. You know, I mean, when everything you love is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, I guess. I don't think that's how that goes. But uh, yeah. What's this? What? Well, all the way down at the bottom, question six. What? What's the post credit stinger? Oh, I get See, it. I got the post credit stinger based on what you just said. Oh. And that is, turns out that Mjolnir is totally into both of them. <gasps> and the reason Mjolnir left is because Thor summoned Mjolnir. <gasps> no! So we see Mjolnir, Mjolnir flying. Like flying and hitting into Thor's hand, and it sets up the next Avengers. Movie. Oh, I love see, it! I see, love I'm, it. I'm, I'm thinking, I'm on board with some of that. Mjolnir goes back to them to explain the situation. Like we find out that Mjolnir was summoned. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mjolnir is like does you know kills a frost giant or whatever the fuck. Goes back, explains the situation. They start to get it on, and they get Mjolnir gets called again. So the, the, the second stinger is Thor summoning Mjolnir again, and as it arrives in his hand, Morris and the cape are attached oh, to the hammer because they have begun the fucking. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you what it actually is, though, guys. What it actually <laughs> is is uh, we zoom in on the collector, and he's on his, his uh, spaceship, and yeah. he's looking at his collection, and as he walks through, he, he's very angry. He's very angry that he, he's been thwarted. And uh, in, the, in, the, uh, in the glass case, there is another cape. And it belongs to none other than Lando Calrissian. Oh. And the collector points at the cape and he says, not good enough. And the cape visibly wilts. Oh. And then it says, Lando Calrissian will return nice. in Guardians of the Galaxy 4. What? Just, just merging both of my licensing lives into one miserable swoop. See, I, thought, I, thought, yeah, I thought you were going to go for the evil evil cape from Doctor Strange is what if. See, no, I, I, I did think about that, but I think Lando's cape being no, imprisoned. I, I, do, I do like the Lando and, cape. And sad. Now we know who we need to rescue. Now we know when we get our movie, the second round, who are they getting on the team? they got to get Lando's cape. Yeah. yeah. Ocean's 11, Ocean's 12. That's Adam's questions. Yeah. Thank All you. All right. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Adam. Uh, you, I hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> you can, we enjoyed making them. You can send your questions to fivequestions at geekswithoutgod.com and we will answer them. Uh, you can support us on Patreon, which, you know, hey, that'd be awesome. You should maybe consider going and doing that. Uh and otherwise, you know, next week has another Tuesday, and on that day, another episode will be up. Wow. Bye. 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 Nick has a deviant in his pants. We're geeks with geeks with geeks without God. We're geeks with geeks with geeks without God. We don't recognize moral authority. We don't accept divine superiority. We're geeks, geeks without God. Until next time, 
You can find us blogging and listen to past podcasts at geekswithoutgod.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at geekswithoutgod. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, we're geeks, we're geeks without God. We're geeks, geeks without God. Fuck that. Question three. 